Tonight we turn to God's Word as it's found in the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 25. We're going to be reading just the verses 6 through 9 of this chapter. Isaiah 25, beginning at verse 6. What we hear now is God's Word. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well-refined. And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, children, we're gathering tonight on Good Friday night. And I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, I was a little confused by why we call this day Good Friday. This is the day we remember the suffering and death of Jesus Christ. This is the day we remember that he was rejected by the crowds. He was rejected by the church leaders. He was left by his closest disciples. Even God himself turned his back. He suffered pain and torment on the cross. That's what we remember tonight. And yet we call this day Good Friday. It seems like we should probably call it Bad Friday with all the terrible things that happened to our Lord. We remind ourselves that while it was a day of pain and suffering for Jesus Christ, it was all for our benefit. That's why we gather tonight and we rejoice in this day. We rejoice in what Christ has done. He was willing to go all the way to death on our behalf. We gather tonight to commemorate and to celebrate what Jesus did for us. The prophet Isaiah looks forward to what will happen when Jesus comes. He looks forward to the completion of his work. And he describes this as a day, uh, verse 8, he will swallow up death forever. That's what happened on Good Friday night. Death had been swallowed up. And that's what we're going to look at this evening. The, the, the work of Jesus Christ, what he did, and its benefits for us that we can rejoice on this Good Friday evening. Again, verse 8, He will swallow up death forever. The Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, 
and the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth. The prophet looks forward to what the anointed of God will do. He will take away the reproach of the people. What was that reproach? What was the problem? The people were alienated from God. God is holy, God is righteous, God is perfect, and the people were fallen and sinful. There was a break between God and man. And Jesus Christ would come and he would would remove that reproach. He would bring reconciliation. He would bring a unity again between God and man and a beautiful relationship. Death would no longer have full sway. We would no longer be under a death sentence. Death itself was swallowed up because our sins were removed by what Jesus did on the cross at crucifixion. Notice it says, he will remove the reproach. It will be taken away. The reproach will not simply be ignored. God is a just God, a holy God a righteous God. He cannot simply ignore man's sin. He cannot simply excuse man's sin. But man's sin must be punished. We read in Scripture, the wages of sin is death. The soul that sins must die. And yet, rather than God holding each of us accountable as He justly could, instead, on that crucifixion night, He lays all of our sins on Jesus Christ, on His Son, on the one who would swallow up death. Jesus takes all the punishment, He takes all the curse, and He does so on our behalf. The one suffering for the many in order that death might be swallowed up. Elsewhere in Scripture we read read that He became sin on our behalf that we might be the righteousness of God. He removed the reproach. He took it away, removing our sins, paying the debt of our sins. We read the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. He'll wipe away the tears of sorrow. Not, Not only sorrow because of the experiences we have in life, but the tears of sorrow for our sin. Our sin is an offense against a holy God. Our sin is an affront to a holy God. And when we we properly see that, we should be downcast with sorrow. And tears of sorrow flow. And tears of shame flow for what we have done. We have sinned against God. And yet when Jesus Christ would come and He would swallow up death those tears also could be wiped away. Not only was our sin removed, but the guilt, the shame our sin causes was removed as well. Jesus Christ came and swallowed up death. When he said, it is finished, that meant that everything necessary had been accomplished. He had done it all. No more guilt for us to feel. No more shame to be upon us. He took all that guilt and all that shame upon himself. He was the one who would come and and wipe the tears 
away from our eyes. Read in verse 7, he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over the nations. He will come and take away the death shroud. Even now, because of what Christ did, we see death differently. There's a change in how we understand what death is. Our own catechism reminds us that that our death is not a payment for our sin, but rather our death puts an end to our sinning. What a blessing. Death is no longer seen as the enemy, but death is putting an end to our sinning, and it is that glorious entrance into eternal life, the beginning of a life that will go on forever because Christ came and swallowed up death. We're getting toward the springtime of the year and there will be uh, graduation ceremonies uh, likely coming up in the next couple months or so, and we call those commencement. That means beginning, children. A commencement is a beginning. Now, why would you go to school for eight years or four years, however many years it is, and at the end of all that, have commencement? beginning, because it's the beginning of a new phase in your life, whether that's transitioning from uh, grade school to high school or from high school to college or other, other degrees that are conferred. It's a beginning of a new phase. That's how we see death now. Death is not that, that enemy to be feared. It is the entrance into that new, next phase of our life, a phase that will go on forever. Paul, quoting this text, will say, death is swallowed up in victory. Death is now swallowed up in victory. We have the victory in Jesus Christ because he swallowed up death in his work on the cross. We see things differently. Our our vision has changed because of what Jesus Christ has done. And knowing what he has done, our lives have to reflect that change. We're given a new life in Jesus Christ because of what God has done, not because of what we have done. Look at verse 9. It will be said on that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. He would be the one who would save. He would be the one who would send his own son to come down to pay the price for our sins. It was God's work, as you've heard me say again and again, salvation, first and last of God. He is the one who comes down, who condescends. Put our faith, our hope, our trust in him. We have waited for him that he would be the one to come and save. This is the Lord. This is our God. God God is a God to his people. God is a God to his church. But he is also a personal God. He is your God. If you have embraced Jesus Christ by faith. Not just the God of the nations, the God of the church, the God of all creation, your God, the one who has washed away your sins, the one whose body and blood were given for you. And so 
Isaiah says, let us be glad. Let us rejoice in his salvation. We rejoice because of what he has done for us. We rejoice because Christ has finished his work. He has, he has swallowed up death in his victory on the cross. And that glorious truth continues to go out. To, to the call of the gospel, to put our faith, our trust in that Lord Jesus Christ, the one who was powerful enough to swallow up death itself, the one who would give new life to all who are found in him. It is a time for celebration. We will be glad. We'll rejoice in his salvation. The last enemy has been defeated. Death is no longer a fear for the believer. And so rather than, rather than mourn tonight, we celebrate. We celebrate what Jesus Christ has done on our behalf. That's how the prophet begins this section, verse 6. On this mountain... The Lord will make for all peoples a feast, a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well refined. God sets a table. God gives us a feast that we might celebrate the finished work of Jesus Christ. And not a meager feast, but the best of foods the finest of wines. Tonight we will come to the table of our Lord, a table where God himself is the host. And he provides us with the body of Christ in the bread that we take. He provides us with the blood of Christ in the wine that we drink. Our form will tell us to, to not focus on the externals, but the internal reality, the sacramental nature of what is taking place. The body and blood of Christ given to strengthen us for new life. Given that we might be renewed in Him. Given that we might go forth from here tonight ready to live for Him even more in the days and weeks and months to come. And a feast tonight, a feast that, that is a blessing for us now, but that also pushes our gaze forward, pushes our gaze to that final wedding feast of the Lamb, when all of God's children will be brought in to rejoice. We'll have the fullness of that new life as they are with God for all eternity. Yeah, kids, it's Good Friday tonight. It's Good Friday. We remember the suffering and death of Jesus. but We remember it was for us. And by his power, death itself was swallowed up. That we no longer have to fear the, 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 the curse of sin, the shame of sin, no longer the tears of sorrow. But we have been given new life in Jesus Christ. And God strengthens that new life by nothing less than the body and blood of his own son. Tonight is a night to celebrate and to rejoice in the feast God has given and the truth, death, has been swallowed up. Let's join together in prayer. Lord God, we are amazed at the work of your son Jesus Christ at his power, 
that, that the cross would not be the end for him. He would bear all of our sin, all of our shame, but he would destroy death by rising again. Oh Lord God, may that glorious truth live with us tonight and help us to celebrate in you. We thank you for strengthening us through your holy word and by your holy sacrament that we might live in a way that brings glory to your most holy name. Hear our prayer for Jesus' sake. Amen. Let's turn once again to the Trinity Psalter hymnal. Number 341. Number 341, alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my Sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head for such a worm as I? Thus might I hide my blushing face while his dear cross appears, dissolve my heart in thankfulness, and melt mine eyes to tears. But drops of grief can ne'er repay the debt of love I owe. Here, Lord, I give myself away. Tis all that I can do. We're going to sing all five verses. Let's stand as we sing 341. 